I would not wish this on my worst enemy. The pain would be just excruciating. People just think that a migraine is a really bad headache and it's, it, there's so much more to it than that. It's really nice to be able to say, is anybody else dealing with this today? Hello, my name is Dr. Larry Newman, and this is Season 2, Episode 3 of Move Against Migraine, a podcast from the American Migraine Foundation. Today's topic is migraine and patient advocacy. In this episode, I talk with Dr. Amal Starling of the Mayo Clinic about how advocacy is a key part of a patient's migraine journey, why it's important for patients and providers to stand up to migraine, and what they can do to participate. Dr. Starling, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us where you're from? Sure, so um, as you mentioned, my name is Dr. Amal Starling. I'm a headache specialist and neurologist here at Mayo Clinic in Scottsdale, Arizona. I have a strong uh, passion for the disease state of migraine as well as the patients um, that I treat on a daily basis um, and believe very strongly in the role of advocacy both from a physician as well as a patient perspective. At the American Migraine Foundation, we always say that migraine advocacy can take on many different forms. So when you speak to your patients about advocacy, what are some of the things you might suggest that they do? I think it's, that's an excellent question. And the reason why I think it's so important to define the ways that different patients can participate in advocacy is sometimes the word advocacy can be very intimidating to patients. Uh, when I mention that they should advocate for their disease or they should become an advocate, I think the immediate image that comes into patients' minds is um, there is no way that I can be on Capitol Hill for nine hours marching around, talking to people that I don't know, being in environments that I can't control. There's no way that I can do that. So it's very important to empower our patients to take control within their own disease and their own self-care, so that self-advocacy component. So when a patient is sitting in front of me, um, the fact that they are there, the fact that they woke up in the morning, that they drove out to my clinic and they're sitting in front of me is a form of self-advocacy. People with migraine are strong. They are not weak. People with migraine are warriors. So the fact that they're sitting there for that first appointment, going through their history, which often is difficult, they've gone through so many times with so many different healthcare providers, um, that is their first form of advocacy, and I think it's important to recognize that for the patient, recognize that it is an accomplishment that they're there. Um, coming back for the follow-up visit, demanding better treatment options, demanding that, you know what, I'm a little bit better, but I can be even better. I think those are all forms of advocacy. So, Dr. Starling, that was just a great description of self-advocacy for our, for our patients. But what about advocating for the community as a whole? So, advocating for the community as a whole also doesn't have to be done on a large scale. And their local community starts with simply their family, right? So learning about the disease process, getting patient education, um, going to the American Migraine Foundation website to learn about the disease, even changing the way that they talk about their disease is a form of advocacy and something everyone can, um, can incorporate. For example, migraine is a genetic neurologic disease. If they repeat that to their family members, their friends, that is a form of advocacy. Then beyond that, if people start getting inspired to do more, there are many other patient organizations that are having local events, such as Miles for Migraine, where they'll have events where people can come, be together as a community, show up for each other, and if they're feeling well enough, they can participate in the physical aspects of the event as well. Is advocacy part of the treatment paradigm? Yes. 
every single one of my patients have advocacy prescribed to them. I write it down on a prescription pad, it's written on their advocacy, it's at the bottom of every clinical note for them to initiate those steps in advocacy. And it's so important for patient outcomes because it empowers that patient. It validates that patient that they have a neurologic, a genetic neurologic disease that can be treated. In addition, it empowers them to not only help themselves, but also to help their local community. So you've given us a great description of patient advocacy. What can physicians do to advocate for their patients? So physician advocacy actually takes a number of roles. One is we are physician advocates within the care of an individual patient. And as physicians, we do that on a daily basis, right? Um, we are calling their insurance companies, trying to get specific coverage for them, um, really going to conferences and becoming more educated in the disease processes and the treatment options, participating in trials. Those are all things that we're doing to change the medical care of that individual patient, right? But then beyond that, you also can participate in physician advocacy where you are trying to improve the lives of an entire community of people with a disease process. And the American Medical Association has designated physician advocacy to be an ethical obligation and a professional duty for every physician. So this is something that we are obligated to do and participate in. However, there's not a lot of training and there's not a lot of support and framework that is provided for individuals to gain those skills. And so that can sometimes be a barrier. And I think specifically in our space of migraine and headache diseases, there's a huge need for physician advocacy. And so we really need to start learning how to provide that skills and that framework for our physicians here. You're deeply involved in advocacy. You have a, a strong role in the American Headache Society, the American Migraine Foundation. Do you have any role in advocacy for our organization? The American Headache Society has identified advocacy and physician advocacy to partner with patient advocacy, to partner with American Migraine Foundation to stand together. Physician, patient, together, we are as relentless as migraine, right? So we will stand together um, through these efforts. So American Headache Society has created an advocacy committee and this advocacy committee is charged with creating a development program and basically a skills training program for advocates. So what advice, if any, do you have for patients who might be interested in, in advocating for themselves, advocating for their community, advocating for others, but they're not sure where to start? So I would say to those patients that they are already advocates, that they are already migraine warriors. I would say to them to explore resources, such as the American Migraine Foundation, to learn about the disease process, to start incorporating some of those phrases that they can start using with their local community, with their family, with their physicians. I've been speaking with Dr. Amal Starling from the Mayo Clinic here in Scottsdale, Arizona regarding migraine and patient advocacy. Thank you for those insights, Dr. Starling. Thank you so much for having me on. 
Season 2 of Move Against Migraine, a podcast by the American Migraine Foundation, is made possible by our generous sponsors, Amgen and Teva.